You are now listening to Real Matters of the Heart, the podcast, where we say life is all about chances and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. I am your host, Joy. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 33, The Sweet Spot. So every morning when I wake up, I meditate for about 20 minutes. And depending on the day, if I have time, after my meditation session, I like to journal I don't always have anything specific to write about. And most days when I journal after meditation, it's just whatever comes to mind. It's typically some sort of revelation about life, about myself, about something I've been contemplating on and seeking clarity about. And it sort of just comes to me after my quiet meditation time. Just sort of depends. So today, when I came out of my meditation The revelation that I got during my journaling time is that I have identified my sweet spot or the space in my life in which I tend to operate the best. And what I realize is my sweet spot is equal parts excited and terrified about whatever's coming up next in my life. And so... And thinking about this and sort of reflecting over recent seasons in my life, but really just some of the major milestones that I can remember the details of vividly, I realized that whenever I feel like I have gotten into a groove and I'm starting to get comfortable and familiar with my routine or whatever it is I'm doing, I tend to find a situation that is going to knock me off kilter a little bit. And if I can't find one, I will make one. I will literally create situations where the groove that I have found and sort of the comfort and the rhythm that I am living in is literally going to be disrupted. And it sounds like the strangest thing, but today, like I said in my journaling, I just, I really had that revelation And more importantly, I sat with it for a minute and I allowed myself to accept that about myself. And this is the work that I do. You know, I realize a pattern and then I'll determine like whether or not that pattern is working for me. And then if it's not, start to figure out ways I can rework it or reframe it so that I can have an outcome that is more aligned with what I want to see for myself. And so in examining this pattern and realizing my tendency to sort of knock my own self off kilter when I've begun to find a rhythm in a particular area of my life, I realized it's uncomfortable, but it works for me. Choosing to live my life in that way is what has allowed me to start multiple businesses, is what has allowed me to do some incredibly fun and adventurous things in my life, including travel and, you know, just activities, you know, rock climbing and flying trapeze and just some of the things that I've done in my life have come from this place where I have sought to be, I don't know if I want to say uncomfortable, but I guess maybe uncomfortable is the word. I seek out opportunities to just not be stale, I guess, because it's not that I want to just be in this constant state of discomfort, but I don't want to be stale. 
And I don't want to be predictable and I don't want to be boring. So I tend to find ways to make sure that I don't become those things. And it happens in my relationships. It happens in my career. It happens in my personal journey of understanding myself and my personal development. It just, it keeps happening. I find myself looking for ways to stretch, grow, and expand mentally, emotionally, spiritually. My understanding of the way the world operates and other people and my relationship to those things. And I'm just always finding new ways to experience that. And so I went into therapy today and as usual, my therapist just sort of said, so what's going on? What's on your mind? What's happening for you? And I shared with him this revelation. I shared with him that my sweet spot is equal parts exciting and terrifying. (laughs) And that's where I tend to thrive the most. And so he said, you know, having worked with me now for, gosh, five years, I think I've been in therapy. Wow. So five years, he knows me. He's seen me through a number of seasons in my life, professionally and in my relationships and even just as a woman, as I'm evolving and understanding more about myself. And so he asked me, I imagine with all the things that you do, you must come up on things that are very, very scary. And I said, Yes, absolutely. And so he asked me, how do you manage? How do you deal? How do you push past those things and continue to forge on and pursue the things that you do? And first of all, as I'm working on my doctoral degree in clinical psychology, I know that he wasn't asking me because he was particularly interested in the answer. He was more than likely asking me because he wanted to know how my mind was working and how I came up with my answer. So the flip side of that, I sort of was doing the same thing, like wondering how am I going to answer this question? And I really actually just said two things that have been very true for me for a long time that I've been aware of. And the first one is I view my most immediate fears, those things that are before me as I am approaching a new thing through a lens that is keeping them in perspective relative to my biggest fear. And that is that I would be an old woman sitting on a rocking chair on my porch, talking to my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, generations ahead of me and I'd be telling them stories about my life, but those stories would be full of regret about things that I wish I would have tried and things that I regret not trying. And that is literally my biggest fear in this life. And so when I'm facing a new thing that presents an immediate fear for a fear of failure or a fear of rejection or you know, a fear of losing something, whatever those fears may be that come up in the most immediate future when I'm pursuing or approaching a new thing, I always view them through that lens. And it's like, I can be afraid now and choose not to do it, which would be perfectly fine. Except this will be on the list of things that I wish I would have tried. And because I just don't want that list, I really don't want the list to exist. Um, And as of right now, it doesn't, thankfully. But 
actually, no, that's not true. There is one thing that I sometimes think I may regret. Right now, I don't recognize it as regret, but I think there may come a day when I do. And that thing is, I had a chance to train for the Olympics, for the 2000 Olympics. And I was very young at the time, and I didn't want my life to become training. I was, I think, 13, 12 or 13 years old. And I was offered this opportunity to start training for the Olympics for swimming. And my coach at the time said to me, you would live with me. We would train six to eight hours a day. You would be homeschooled. So I I wouldn't be in school, which meant at the time I was going into high school. So it was, I wouldn't be going to prom and just all the things that high school sort of represented. And I just, I wasn't ready for that. And that just wasn't the vision that I had for myself. And I, at the moment, I don't regret it. I still, you know, swimming still did a lot for me. I still, you know, ended up going to college on a water polo scholarship and I've booked magazines and traveled the world and done things because of swimming. And so Swimming still did a lot for me, but there are some days when I feel like in the future, I'm going to wonder if I could have been some sort of record holder. And historically speaking, just as a black woman, and sometimes I wonder if I could have set some sort of record just for our people, you know, around swimming on an international level. But Right now, I don't feel like that's a regret, but I don't know. I don't know if in the future, I sometimes think that one day I'll look back on that opportunity and wish I'd taken advantage of it. But right now, I just still feel like I made the right decision with that. So anyway, but when I look at immediate fears that are presenting when I am approaching or preparing to do a new thing, I always look at it through that lens and I'm like, you know what, this, I don't want to be talking about this 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. I'm wishing that. I would have tried it, wishing I would have gone for it. And that's usually enough to push me to keep going, at least in the beginning, that initial push that I need to, to, to move beyond the fear. And then after that, I sort of begin to have conversations with myself. And I truly believe that we only grow and develop according to what our environment requires of us. And so if we never come across those scary things that make us apprehensive or make us just a little bit nervous to step outside of what we're familiar with, then chances are that probably just means that we're not aligning ourselves with the places and the people that are going to challenge us to be our best selves in new ways. And we're allowing ourselves to remain comfortable in spaces and places that are familiar. And they're just not stretching us. They're just not challenging us to show up and play big. And that's okay. It's not, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if you are where you are and you're okay with that, there's no judgment. It's fine. But for me, that's not the way that I choose to live my life. And so I have just accepted that this fear that I'm going to feel every single time I'm approaching a new thing is just part of the process. I cannot have the prize without the process. And fear is just a part of the process. When you're challenging yourself 
to grow and show up in new ways. For example, I spoke at an event a couple of weeks ago and it's all about hair loss. And it's my friend Kai, who I hope to have on the podcast very soon, actually. But she's a trichologist and she specializes in hair loss. She had this big wellness brunch and she asked me to come and speak about how your emotions can lead to hair loss. And so I talked about how not dealing with your negative emotions can turn into chronic stress and how chronic stress leads to multiple different types of hair loss, whether it be because you're pulling your hair out or because, you know, hormonally your body is ejecting the hair because of all the high levels of the different hormones that are stimulated when you have negative emotions, all of those things. And so I remember when I sat down to prepare my presentation, I thought, what the hell, Joy? You don't know nothing about hair loss. You got a head full of hair. And I began to research these different types of hair loss as it relates to stress. And I found a lot of information that would be helpful and relevant to the people who I knew would be at this brunch. So ultimately, I gathered that information. I created a couple of slides, talked a little bit about hair loss. And then I moved into my spiel about negative emotions and how to manage them and how to learn from them and how to overcome them. And my point is, if it weren't for the fact that I was invited to speak at this event, I probably would have never, ever researched that information and expanded my knowledge with regard to the work that I'm already doing in the world. And just made it relevant to a brand new group of people, who, which now means, you know, all the people who were there at this event are now aware of the work that I do. It could potentially reach out to me and be a part of that, either as a client or they may have other events and things that they want me to come to. And I just can continue to expand and grow and uh, build a bigger audience around this message that I believe I'm created to deliver to the world. And so it's just a situation where I have accepted that the fear of being faced with new things is a part of the evolutionary process when you're committed to becoming the best version of yourself that you could possibly be in new situations on a consistent basis. I cannot avoid it. It's just a part of it. And so combining that sort of knowingness with this fear of being the old lady in the rocking chair telling all the coulda, woulda, shouldas is really how I face the terror that is an inevitable part of my sweet spot. It just is. I know that I tend to operate better and function better in these positions or situations a bit of pressure. And so because that's where I tend to find myself, I think it was really helpful for me to process how I navigate that space so that I can do so consciously and intentionally as I continue to forge on creating this environment for myself where I thrive in this half excited, half terrorized state of being. So I thought I'd share that with you because I want to extend the invitation to you to, first of all, find your sweet spot, recognize what that is, and begin to 
become very familiar with how you operate in the world. And then once you're clear about that, learn on a deeper level how you show up, how you approach, how you prepare for this thing that is your MO. It's the way you function and show up in the world. And so there are ways that you get to process what that looks like, what that feels like, what that is, so that you can begin to devise a plan around how to recreate that each time, such that as those fears come up, you already have a blueprint for how you're going to navigate them. So if this was at all helpful for you, I would ask that you would please comment, like, share, subscribe, leave your reviews. Let me know what you're thinking about this episode or any other episode of the Real Matters of the Heart podcast. If you have any questions or concern or need guidance or support on this thing called life, please don't hesitate to email me hello at joyhearts.com. I would love to hear from you. Even if you just have comments or suggestions or concerns about the show, I want to hear from you. So make sure that you reach out to me via email. You can also follow me on social media at joyhearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. And that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also you can find archived episodes of the Real Matters of the Heart podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Search hashtag R-M-O-H. Thank you all once again for tuning in to episode number 33, The Sweet Spot. Until next episode, cheers.